Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. Uh, tomorrow night, Thursday night, the 6th of Sivan, we will begin celebrating the holiday of Shavuot. Shavuot is the giving of the Torah, it's the time in which God gave us the Torah at Mount Sinai. And um, it's a very special holiday because in reality, the Jewish people are who they are because of the Torah. This is what defines us. And, um, and also the Torah, a Torah life, uh, people call Judaism a, a religion, but in reality it's not a religion. People sometimes say it's a way of life. And yes, it gives us a guideline on the ways that we should live. But in reality, the Judaism is a relationship. It's a relationship with Hashem, our maker, our creator. And, um, and uh, a relationship is something that has to be reciprocal. It has to flow. And um, we know that the holiday of Shavuot, it's called the giving of the Torah. It's not called the receiving of the Torah. It's called the giving of the Torah. So Hashem gave us this incredible gift, which is the Torah. It's uh, the blueprint of creation. It's the architectural masterpiece of the world. It was created thousands of years before the world was created. And um, the Torah really is Hashem's wisdom and Hashem's will. And um, when we have a relationship with somebody, we have to connect to their wisdom and their will. If, if you don't connect to their essence, how can you ever have a relationship? And um, by Hashem giving the Jewish people the Torah, what He was giving us is the opportunity to connect to Him, to be uh, connected to, to Hashem, to have a, real, a true relationship. Also, Matan Torah, is compared to a marriage, a marriage between a groom and a bride. Uh, in reality, it was the marriage of Hashem with the Jewish people. The Jewish people are the bride, Hashem is the groom. Many of the, of the uh, rituals that go on a chuppah and inside the chuppah while a, a couple are getting married come from Matan Torah. So, for example, the Ketubah is the Luchot, is the Ten Commandments, it's a, it's a contract that is signed and the, and the chuppah it represents Mount Sinai that is hovering over their heads. And so, yes, Hashem put that mountain on top of us. It was like a wedding canopy. And, um, and we are reenacting really tomorrow night and, and during uh, Friday day, during the day and Shabbat, we are reenacting, re re we're reliving the experience of Matan Torah. So there's a verse in Deuteronomy that says, for this thing, the Torah, meaning the Torah, is very near to you in your mouth and in your heart that you may do. And sometimes we feel that the Torah is so lofty, really, that it's unreachable. Sometimes we feel like, oh, Hashem has so many expectations of me. It's so hard to, to really uh, fulfill His expectations. You know, it's like this husband that's always expecting the perfect meal, the perfect house, the perfect wife. And suddenly, sometimes we can be like drowning and, and anxious and saying, okay, I might as well not do anything because it doesn't matter how much I do, I will never be able to achieve the, 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 the heights or the expectations of such a relationship. So, but this in reality, it's not the truth. This is something that we think it is that way, and it's not that way. In the book of Inside Time, 
Rabbi Yanki Tober gives an incredible allegory of, of, of the Torah. And he says that you should imagine a group of people that are contemplating a piano. And this group of people have never ever in their whole life seen a piano. They have never heard music. This is something very foreign to them. There is something that they have never, never seen in their life. So the, there's a craftsman, there's a person that does furniture and he says it's a piece of wood. And, uh, and says it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a piece of wood. And then he says, but it's an exquisite piece of wood. It's really a piece of furniture. This is an incredible piece of furniture. And then there comes an engineer and the engineer looks at the piano and he says, you know what? It's obviously, obviously some sort of machine. This is an incredible machine. Like whoever imagined that if you put a cord here and a cord there and you tie it like this, and then you're able to push these buttons, then you're gonna produce sound. This is amazing. And so suddenly this musician comes and he seems like a person out of this galaxy. He looks like a person that's not from this world. And, um, and he says this is an instrumental, uh, 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 this is a musical instrument. And he sits down and he starts playing the piano and he gives them a concerto. And, um, and they're all with their mouths are dropping off and they can't ever believe that there exists such a thing. They had never ever in their lives seen it or heard it or even know that music exists. So these people were seeking for the truth. Each one of them was giving their own opinion on what this magnificent piece of wood was. Uh, for one person it was just a piece of wood, for another person it was a piece of furniture, and for another person it was a, a, a very intricate machine. So the truth is that each one of, it, of them uh, saw what they were conditioned to see. This is what they, 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 they are, they're trained to, to look at. And this is the way that they receive the piano. So many times uh, with the Torah is the same thing. Hashem brings this Torah to us and each person interprets it depending on where his mind is, where his heart is. Uh, what type of personality you have. It, it has so many different interpretations. In reality, they're all true. You know, the, the, the piano, for sure, it's an exquisite piece of furniture. Many people put a piano in their, in their living room and they put the pictures on top and it looks beautiful. And for sure, it's an incredible machine. But the reality is that the piano is much more than that. It is a piece of, it gives music to the world and it has infinite capacity to give music. It's, it's never ending. So we see here that, that the piano belongs to the world, the world of music, which lay beyond the parameters of their own realities. So they perceive the piano as it exists in their own respective worlds and not for what it is. They were not able to see the truth. So the, the world of physical objects, the world of cabinet making and the world of engineering, this is what they perceived. So they were looking at it from the bottom up. They were looking at it like this is a piece of furniture, this is a piece of uh, machinery and they're looking up, but they're, they're not looking from up down. And what does it mean up down? Ask yourself, what is this good for? What is the purpose of this machine? Why did we have to come and see this machine? What does it have to do with us? So this is what happened 
with uh, with this in this case that this musician came and he was an ambassador of the world of music and he came and he showed a new perspective to all these people and uh, and he gave them the, per the perspective of from up down a vision of the piano from it's the piano's world so there is a Gemara that talks about Moshe Rabbeinu when he went uh, up to receive the Luchot after Hashem had given the Ten Commandments to the Jewish people he went up to the heavens and he came up and there was a very big machlok, it's a very big discussion amongst the ministering angels they really didn't want to give this Torah to Moshe Rabbeinu they were beyond themselves like how is God gonna allow such a treasure to go down into a world where human beings are gonna be disrespectful to it they're not gonna enjoy it they're not gonna really appreciate it they don't really know what they're gi being given because they're not from the world of heaven we are from the world of the of, of the world of, of earth we're from here so how can these people that live such a mundane existence uh, a, a, a world that is full of a of a materialism how are these people gonna be able to connect to such a lofty uh, gift so they, they there was a big discussion so Hashem said to Moshe Rabbeinu okay you deal with them give them all the reasons why the Torah is something that should be given to the world given to the humanity so Moshe and I'm gonna cut it short but Moshe basically asked the angels okay so tell me something were you um, slaves in Egypt and, and were you ever taken out of Egypt because here it says I am God your God who took you out of Egypt so did you ever have this experience so the angel says no we were never slaves we were never taken out of Egypt he says oh I see and then he says and um, and, 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 and it says here that there, sh that there shall be no other gods to you is there any other God to you except the one that you that you feel that you really have a relationship with no God forbid we, we, we sh there's only one God so he says okay that's interesting so you don't relate to this right and says and tell me something do you honor your parents do you honor your mother and your father and the angel says are you crazy we don't have a mother and a father and then he goes on and on and at the end Moshe Rabbeinu says you see this is worthless for you this is, doesn't apply to your to your existence but we were taken out of Egypt we sometimes fall down and believe in other things that are not Hashem we sometimes don't honor our parents we sometimes there's people that go and kill and steal and are jealous and have all these uh, Yetzer Hara running their lives for sure the Torah is something it's a guide of life that was given to humanity so we can live a moral decent life so this is the, the, the reason why the Torah was allowed to come into the world because um, Moshe made the angels see that it was not for them, it was for us. So we see here that on the sixth day of Sivan, God descended upon Mount Sinai, allowing men a glimpse from the top down. Before the Torah was given, there was the spiritual world and the, and the material world. They didn't connect. But after the Torah was given, what happened was that we brought heaven down to earth and by bringing heaven down to earth, 
we were given the opportunity to bring earth up to heaven. It is a syn synchronized relationship. It's a reciprocal relationship. Hashem sends us his goodness and we send him our goodness. And this is the whole purpose of Hashem giving us the Torah. So God gave us the Torah in which he revealed to us his truth from his perspective. By having the Torah, we can understand Hashem's uh, desire in the world, what he really wants from us, his will. And he gave us the tools to comprehend, relate, and to realize his reality on his terms. So to be able to have a relationship with Hashem that we're talking about today, or have a relationship with anybody in your life, your husband, your children, your mother, your friends, it has to go, it ha you need two to tango, tango. You cannot have one part only do everything and the other part doesn't do anything. I heard once a rabbit since she said that a relationship is as strong as the weakest partner. The one that gives the, the least is the one that defines the relationship. You can be giving 100% of yourself, but if the person that you're giving to doesn't give you nothing, the relationship is zero. So we, we see here that with the Torah, Hashem gave us an opportunity to have a relationship with Him. Not only a relationship, a loving relationship. And this is what matters the most. So there's one more crucial thing that is much needed for us to be able to receive the Torah. Uh, and that is a desire. We need to have desire. If you don't have a desire to have a relationship with Hashem, there's no way in the world that you're going to have it. You can be a very good person. You know, I've heard many people say, no, I don't need to follow the Torah. I don't need to eat kosher. I don't need to keep Shabbat. No, that's not for me. I'm a good person. That's what matters in the world. What really matters is that you are a good person. And it's true, the, what really matters is that you're a good person. I'm not gonna debate that. It really makes a difference between a good and a not a good person. But Hashem doesn't only want you to be a good person. He wants you to have a relationship with Him. He wants you to be part of Him. And, 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 and for that to be able to, 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 be able to, to come up uh, to be, you need to have a desire to have a relationship with Hashem. So the ratzon, the will, Without this ingredient, there's no way that you can have a relationship with Hashem. So let's examine why a person wouldn't want to connect to Hashem. What, what would make him not want? And in my many years of teaching different people and meeting different people and living in different places, I've come to the conclusion, and this is my personal point of view, which I rarely give my own personal point of view, but I think that in this moment it's a, it's a, it's a good it's a good pointer and it is that it's lack of uh, education it's lack of knowing what the Torah really means many people see the Torah and they get like a, a, an allergy to it because human nature is to run away from from pain and seek pleasure that's our, our nature and when a person that is not knowledgeable of Torah and as a person that has never been exposed to, uh, to, to learning Torah or to practicing uh, the ways of the Torah, maybe in their mind they can see the Torah as something that, is, uh, that, is, uh, uh, that doesn't allow them to be free. 
they feel it's constraining they feel they, they all they see is no 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 don't do this don't do that you cannot eat this you cannot do this on shabbat you cannot do this and you cannot do and even if it rains you have to get wet and you have to you can use an umbrella and this is the idea that many people have about the torah sadly because they're not well informed it's a lack of information and and one of the biggest problems i find is that when people see these movies uh, that depict a Torah lifetime, life, life, life. It, it depicts the bad behavior of certain people, and it doesn't show the truth about the Torah. It just shows how people behave, but it doesn't show the truth of the Torah because if people were living a true Torah life, they would be living an organic life. What do I mean by an organic life? And this is Manis, Rabbi Manis Friedman explains it, is that you are outside what you are inside. This is it. And every Jew inside is Torah. This is our essence because we come from the essence of Hashem. So when we live with our true selves, we are gonna live a true existence and whatever is inside is gonna show outside. But when a person doesn't live a, a, a true existence, then inside, in his essence, he's one thing, but in, in, in the outside, he's pro portraying something else. So lack of knowledge and appreciation of the gift of what the Torah is, really, I think it's something that has to be really, um, really checked on. And if you have issues with the Torah, it's because you don't have the right knowledge or you have been exposed to the, not the right way of, of, of life of the Torah. So, so you are gonna end up going in the direction that you wanna go. Hashem will aid you to go in that direction. And, um, and we have two guiding forces in our lives. We have a godly neshama and an animalistic soul. And these two forces are two kings that are, uh, that are fighting all day to rule this city, which is the body. So whichever one is grabbing hold of that body is the one that you're gonna be able to, to reveal in the world. So if you're connected more to the materialistic type of life, then you're gonna be more instinctive, you're gonna be more egocentric, more selfish, me, 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 what you want, I want this, what makes me feel happy. This is an animalistic way of life. But if you're connected more to your godly, uh, essence to that part of you that it's really a mamish, a piece of God inside of you, then your life is gonna be a much different life. You're gonna be more like, what does God want from me? If I'm gonna say this, is this the correct thing to say? Am I gonna hurt somebody by saying this? You're gonna be living a more sensitive, sensitively, spiritually tuned existence. And that's the difference. And the Torah really is a guide for us to be able to come to live in, in such a way. So understanding our purpose in life, understanding why we're here, what's our purpose, why Hashem made us the way He made us, why I have certain good qualities, some not such good qualities, what is the whole purpose of that, of me living surrounded by this type of people, of living in this country, in this neighborhood. When you look at your life in such a way, then you realize that there's a purpose for that. You're, it's not random, it's not that you're put in a place and this is where you live because it happened to be this is where you are. No, you're in the place you, you're meant to be doing the things that you should be doing. So become a person of action. This is the most important thing. This is really what the whole Torah is about. 
is for us to be people of action, uh, of action going on Hashem's way. This is this is what He wants. We should really learn to live with the with a guide. Go with the guide. There's a system in it, and the purpose of the Torah is for us to be people of action. So there's a story that I heard of Rabbi Itzhak David uh, Grossman. He's the, the head of the Migdal Haemek school where he saves many children from uh, assimilation. He has done like an incredible job. He's a tzaddik. And there's a, a story about him that he received a phone call from a father that was very distraught. He lived in a nearby kibbutz. Not a religious man, not a... Um, uh, God, uh, God, uh, a Torah following person but he was very Jewish in his heart and very traditional and very proud and his son had decided to marry a non-Jewish girl and he was distraught so he called Rabbi Itz uh, Itzhak uh, David Grossman and he asked him if he could talk to his son so the son went to this rabbi who is a great rabbi but nothing, he could not do anything about it. He couldn't convince him. The father was very upset. How can it be that he goes to this rabbi and this rabbi didn't uh, help him? So he calls him again and he's, the, the rabbi Grossman says, okay, let me send him to my Rebbe of Lelov. He's a, a real tzaddik. Let me send him to him and see what it happens. So this boy went to this Rebbe of Lelov and he spoke for hours with him, for hours about everything. The, the Rebbe never touched the, the issue about the non-Jewish girl. He never went there. He just spoke with the boy, got to know him, what he liked, what were his dreams, what was going on in his life. And at the end, he said to him, you know what, it was very pleasant to meet you. And he let him go. So the, the father uh, asked the boy, so what happened? And so the boy said, yeah, I enjoyed very much the conversation with, the, with this Rebbe, but nothing more. So he was very taken aback and he called again Rabbi Grossman. He says, nothing happened. So Rabbi Grossman says, let me call the Rebbe of Lelov and see what happens. So, so, so he, the, the boy, the father said, but he thought that this Rebbe of Lelov was a very interesting man. So the Rebbe of Lelov said to, to Rabbi Grossman, if he fell in love with me, he will not marry this non-Jewish girl. You'll see, he will not marry, marry her. And it happened like that, that a few days later, the boy decided not to marry this girl. So this is similar to the teachings of the Alter Rebbe, uh, who taught that love of God is a desire like all other desires. And uh, to be able to connect to the Torah, to be able to come tomorrow night and receive the Torah on Shavuot, we really need to be in love with Hashem. Because if you're not in love with Him, then your, your Torah life is gonna be a completely automatic life. It's gonna be automatic. It, it's not gonna have a soul. Maybe you're gonna be doing everything under the book. You're gonna be eating kosher. You're gonna be keeping Shabbat. You're gonna be praying three times a day. You're gonna be doing kindness to people. You're gonna be doing everything. But if you don't do it with love, the desire of having a, a loving relationship with your Father in Heaven, then it's, it's, it's like frigid. It has no, no flavor to it. So this desire of love is the one that we have to learn to awaken in us. 
Eh, and to be able to achieve this desire of love of God, one must get rid of all other desires that go against Hashem. So the only way that we can have a loving desire towards Hashem is to not love what he doesn't love. That's it. Because imagine if a wife cooks poached salmon to her husband because she's on a diet, but the husband hates poached salmon and he has to eat that. Where is the love? You know, make it grilled. He likes it grilled. If you really love your husband, you want to give him something he loves, right? You want to show the love. So the same thing is with Hashem. And the way in which we can learn to, to get sensitive about this love towards Hashem really is through contemplation. We get it through contemplation. We have to sit during the day and contemplate and count your blessings, see all the good around you, look at the beautiful sunset, look at the beautiful sunrise, look at yesterday there was a, a rainbow from one side to the other, the majesty of it. Everything he creates in this world is incredible. Every animal, every fruit, every leaf of a tree, everything is done with chokmah, with wisdom, with intelligence. So when you connect to that part, you have to love him. There's no way you cannot. There's no way. And so however difficult the situation might be in your life, and I know that right now many people are going through a very hard times, the truth remains within reach. Whatever the challenges, the truth can be actualized. We need only to summon the resolve to be able to navigate the struggle and continue with the ongoing uh, mission. It, life is a struggle. This is a battlefield. It's never going to end. Till the, from the day you're born till the day you leave this world, it's a constant battle. I see it with the babies. They cry because they're hungry. They cry because they have colic. They ha cry because they're sleepy. They, since they're little, they're, they're, they're fighting, you know? So it, it, it is part of life. It's, a, it's an ongoing struggle. This is it. And Hashem loves the effort. This is what matters to Him. So in the Tanya, the Beinoni, which is this book, is written for the Beinoni, which is the intermediate person. There's the Rasha, which is the evil person. And there's the Tzadik, who is the righteous person. But there's an intermediate person. It's a person that does good and does bad, half and half. But this person is always struggling. Inside of him, there's a battle, continuous battle. He's always struggling. In the outside, he looks like a tzaddik. He doesn't fall. But inside, there's a war. And so this is really what life is about. This is what Hashem wants from us. He wants us to earn it, not to have it for free, to earn it, to feel that we did something. There's not a bigger gift for a person to feel that he's worthy, that he can do it. This is the biggest gift someone can receive. You know, when you're training for a marathon or you're training to go on a, on a mountain or anything that you're training for to be able to transcend a certain limitation you have, once you achieve it, there's no better feeling than that. If you look at a kid when he's learning A, B, C, D, E, and the moment he can read, oh, he can't believe he can read. You know, every, every place we get to is an achievement. So, so we see here that this label describes the essential state of one's soul, this label of the Benoni, nor one's interest or inclinations. 
This is a label that describes what one is doing, doing action, what he's constantly fighting for. It's not about the internal ups and downs of life. It's about the eternal way forward. This is what it is. This was the message that the Alter Weber gave us so many years ago. And it's alive today. It's the same message. So the verse in Deuteronomy, the one that we began with, for this thing, the Torah is very near to you in your mouth and in your heart that you may do implies that the ultimate, the ultimate, what it's saying is the Torah is not something that is not reachable. It's within you. You have it inside. It's part of you. It's there. It's intrinsic. It's hereditary. It's something that comes with you. It's there. You just have to look for it. And it's in your mouth, in your words, and in your actions that you may do it. The most important thing is the action, is how you live your life, how you behave, how you are with other people, how you are with Hashem. The purpose of the entire Torah is the fulfillment of the mitzvot in practice. And we must keep the fiery flame of love inside of us. This is the fuel that gives us the resolve to continue doing it with joy and with love towards Hashem. And this makes us alive. And we have to really have it on all our lives. This flame has to be on all day. We have to be putting olive oil on it every day. We have to garden, we have to uh, water the garden every day. And that's why the Torah is a discipline because it's not today, yes, tomorrow, no. Every day you have to learn Torah, some Torah. Every day you have to pray. Every day you have to give uh, some tzedakah. Every day you have, it's a discipline. Why? Because this is the way to, to Hashem. This is the way. So I leave you here. I wish you a blessed, blessed Shavuot. You know, I, I heard from Rabbi Pesach Kron that Mount Sinai, there's so many hospitals named after Mount Sinai in the United States, in, in New York, in Miami, in Los Angeles, everywhere, Mount Sinai. Why Mount Sinai? Because Mount Sinai is a place of healing. And this is what the world needs more today than ever. We need healing. And through the Torah, we will find the healing. When the Jews came to Mount Sinai to receive the Torah, there was nobody sick. He healed everybody. The, 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 the blind could see, the, the, the deaf could hear, everybody was healthy. So I wish really from the bottom of my heart that we all get the healing we need and the world can uh, be the world it's meant to be. So remember, live a little higher. Thank you.